You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. Here's your host, Dan Healy, also known as at the Miami Heat UK. Enjoy the show. Hello, of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I'm your host, Dan Healy, and today I'm delighted to be joined by two special guests. I have with me today LA Lakers UK fan page contributor, Ashley Hooper. How you doing, Ash? How you doing, mate? Good, and um, I am very pleased to announce we have on the show today a professional uh, ex Premier League football player, ex Birmingham City, Sunderland, West Bromwich Albion, Preston North End, Millwall, Cheltenham Town, Northampton Town, Forest Green Rovers, and Solihull Moors footballer Darren Carter. How are you doing, Darren? I'm oh, very well, thank you, mate. And I know it took you a fair while to uh, to read all that out, so I apologise. <laughs> Nearly the end of the pod. I'll catch my breath. I'll catch my breath. <laughs> so, um, that, Darren, um, great to have you on. Um, most importantly, what I should have added at the end there was uh, a fellow Miami Heat fanatic. And yeah. um, but before, I mean, I, before we get into the basketball stuff, just very want to t- uh, quickly touch on your career as a footballer, mate. Um, as I said, ex-pro. Um, uh, Premier League footballer, and I like to think that I know my football well, and I do actually remember you from uh, your West Bromwich Albion days. That's yeah. how I sort of remember you mostly. But in preparation for this pod, I did sort of have a look at your Wikipedia page, and there was something that once I read it, and I thought, wow, I do remember this. I'm just going to read the opening line, well, one of the opening lines to your Wikipedia page, which yeah. says that Carter began his career with Birmingham City, and came to prominence at the age of 18 when it was his penalty in the 2002 First Division playoff final that clinched the club's promotion to the Premier League. And, wow, I mean, that's, that's uh, not many people can say that. And uh, I went back and watched that penalty, and it was when I watched it that I remembered it. And, wow, I mean, mate, talk about under pressure at 18. You dispatched that penalty <laughs> against uh, against England goalkeeper Rob Green as well at the other end. Mm-hmm. What are your memories of that? Is that like the, your your most sort of uh, memorable moment of a successful career? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Obviously, I grew up a, a Birmingham fan as well, so um, that was just. I think I remember saying at the time I, mean, I was only eighteen, but. Um, I, I was mature enough to to realise that that would probably be one of the, the best moments in my career. Um, all my family were Birmingham fans, and yeah, it, it just—it was my first season. I'd made my debut in the January, so it was just a roller coaster, really. And to get to that point, um, I just remember being super, super confident. And I think it was just maybe my youth playing a part. Um, but yeah, it, uh, the only way I, I can really describe it to people is that you know, imagine growing up supporting a team you know, and loving a team, being a season ticket holder, going week in, week out, to then be able to play for that team. Uh, and and then you know contribute to something that is going to go down in the club's history. Um, how would you feel? And you know that's probably the best way I can I can describe it to people. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And as I say, it's one of them penalties that when I watched that, I thought, 
you know, the keeper, Rob Green went the right way and it was one of them brilliant, just like curls away into the corner. It was just unsavable. And at 18 years old, yeah, at Wembley, was it at Wembley or was it in Cardiff? It was Cardiff, yeah. Wembley was obviously just being built, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what what a, what a fantastic achievement that is. And uh, and still playing, are you still playing football for Solihull or are you on the coaching side now? Yeah, I'm still playing. So 35, I'm, I'm taking my, my props off Vince Carter, I think. Um, just, you know, trying to, <laughs> Trying to make sure that uh, I'm, I'm eating right, I'm living right, and, and getting the most out of my uh, out of my career. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, no, that's great. And uh, and now coming on to um to to the basketball side of things, how long have you been uh, first of all a fan of the NBA, and how did you come about choosing the Miami Heat? Well, it all started. I, I took a well, it was a trip to New York uh, in 2003. I'd finished the season sort of mid-May, and um, I went out then for the first time to New York in the start of June. Um, and, and at that stage, obviously, it was pretty much the centre of, of basketball. The, the draft, um, the upcoming draft at Madison Square, was was at the end of that month, uh, and we all know, obviously, that 03 draft was was mental. And you know, this kid from from Akron was going to be the next Michael Jordan. Um, so it was all about sort of LeBron James, Carmelo, um, and obviously the finals were going on as well. Spurs were, were playing the, the Nets, um, and obviously with Ginobili and Duncan and Parker, and you had Kidd and uh, and Jefferson on the on the Nets. And so I was just literally in the the full mix of it. Um, I'd always loved basketball as a as a kid in terms of playing at school, and and but obviously football was always my main focus. Um, but yeah, that that summer in New York. Um, it literally, you know, it, it engulfed me really, and I, I just couldn't get enough um, information and, you know, interviews and articles, and that was it. Then I was completely hooked. Brilliant, brilliant. So uh, obviously, you've got a lot more experience um, in the NBA and with Miami history than I have. I've only been a fan for the last four years, so I've seen nothing but mediocrity. So you, <laughs> you, you lived the glory years, which I missed. Um, so. Just very quickly, that that the, the title winning teams, the big three. Um, have you seen anything else uh, like that since, uh, in the NBA? For example, was the recent Warriors dominance were they were they as good or better than what we're seeing now from, from the old Miami Heat team? It, it's it's hard really because obviously I started, um, you know, and Dwayne Wade was my, you know, the main main man for me. That's the whole reason I became a, a Heat fan, you know, from from that draft, and um, I followed him. That was, uh, you know, how I I become to, um, you know, follow Miami and, and follow his career. And then in '06, when him and Shaq got together and and obviously won it, um, and that was really then. You know, I was what, three years in being a fan and all of a sudden I'm seeing, you know, my team winning, winning it all. We've got Shaq, we've got D Wade, who's, you know, the, you know, the best thing from since sliced bread. And, you know, it was, it was crazy. And then two years later, we, we've got the worst record in the league. Um, fast forward then to, to obviously when we get LeBron and Bosch and it was off the back of the Boston big three. So obviously Ray Allen and, and Garnett and Pierce getting together and they, won a championship uh, we were the next ones then to to go that route and it was just crazy I just remember the excitement of, of first landing LeBron um, and then you know the promises of not not you know not one not two not three and maybe getting a little bit carried away but um, yeah to go to the finals then for four straight years um, was was incredible and, and obviously then you talk about the Warriors now or so so what, yep. they, should, what they have been should I say um, <laughs> the similarities obviously but you know, I think you're talking more then of, um, you know, complete and utter dominance from from the Warriors. So, um, mm. 
there's similarities, but I think you can probably say you've gone from a big three then to a super team. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. And yeah, the sort of definition really of going through the ups and downs of uh, of being a, a Miami Heat fan. So have you have you been um, have you been out to see them at all? Have you caught them in any games? Yeah, I, I went out to the uh, two years on the spin when we played um, uh, the OKC in the finals, and then when we played. Also, I should say the first year when we played the Mavs, um, when LeBron and Bosch and Wade, and we ended up losing. I, I went to game two, I think it was, um, and then you know two years later I went to the Spurs game one and two um, of when we uh, when we beat them. Um, yeah. right. And I remember the I think it was game one when LeBron's unbelievable block on Thiago Splitter. Um, uh, so that was one that sticks out. Um, so yeah, I've been fortunate enough to get out there and and see you know see them play in the finals. So. Um, so, yeah, that was special. Fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. And uh, so, Ash, just to bring you in, um, you're, a, uh, you're a contributor to the uh, LA Lakers uh, UK fan club page, which is uh, one of the best in, uh, in the NBA in the UK community. No, so, um, so you, you write a few articles for them, yeah? Yeah, so I wrote a few articles for them only recently. Um, really just fell in love with the Lakers the first time that I went across to LA and just felt the vibe in the city and how it's, it is such a, a Lakers run town. And it I really know it's cliche, yeah. it really, really is. When you, when you, when you go over there, everything is just run by the Lakers, apart from when the Dodgers are playing, obviously. Um, and then it becomes a big Dodger town. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my first, my first real Laker memories are obviously of Kobe and Shaq winning, winning the titles. Which you know, I was still quite, I was still quite young then at the time, so mm-hmm. I was watching that from afar. And then I went over to, unfortunately, went over to LA for the first time in the twelve thirteen season when we signed Howard, the Howard Nash Kobe year, which was unfortunately <laughs> the, the start of a, a horrific time as a Laker. <laughs> so, so I think the first time that I watched, I watched eighty two games as a Laker was probably the season after that. Right. When we had oh, some horrific, you know, Kendall Marshall and <laughs> players that people won't even have heard of because half of them are already tired or playing overseas. Um, so you know, usually when you tell people you're a Laker fan, they'll go, "Oh, you, you know, you 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 became a big Laker fan, obviously when the when Kobe was winning titles." And but for me, unfortunately, I just miss those years. Yeah, yes, yes. Similar to my story, then really, yeah, it's the story stuff. Yeah, yeah I feel your pain. But, uh, but coming to the to now, after a a long, long time of um of being out of the picture and out of the playoffs and out of any sort of contention, you now very much are in contention. Um, uh, a busy, a busy and pretty wild off season that you've just had. Um, obviously the Anthony Davis trade that saw a whole go to the uh, to the Pelicans. And um, I, I, it, then after the um, pursuit of Kawhi, which ended up obviously not happening, um, you then went on and constructed, in my opinion, a pretty solid, pretty balanced roster of, you know, decent depth, which I think you've now got. In my opinion, and I, I said this the other day when I was on uh, Matty's um, uh, oh. podcast, but I like this, that I actually think that it was probably the more sensible way to go despite obviously wanting that third whale um, and then what would probably have been a lot of dominance for some time. What, what was your thoughts of it? Do you look at, back at it now? You've obviously made a solid start to the season. Do you look at it and think, 
it probably was the better way to go, or would you have just rather have had the uh, the three huge players and 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 seen what would have happened there? Yeah, well, I think as you said, rightly so that we have constructed now a roster which has got proven proven NBA players, proven winners. You know, the Danny Greens, the Avery Bradleys. They're very very solid players. Um, if we'd have signed Kawhi, it obviously it would have been fantastic, and we would have just dominated the league. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been fun for anyone to watch. Just like the Golden State Warriors has been. Yeah. You know, it's been great if you're a Warrior fan, but yeah, that's right. <laughs> Being away from a Warrior fan, it's been a pretty dull, especially yeah. as a Laker fan. <laughs> but it's been pretty dull to watch. Uh, you know, when KD when KD signed for the Warriors, I think we all knew that it was going to be. You know. Just complete and utter dominance. So I think it would have been very similar if, if obviously, if Leonard had come and joined yeah. Davis and LeBron. Mm. Arguably, they're the three the three best players in the entire league. Yeah, which, which it just wouldn't have been fair with it at all. Oh. Um, but the way we have constructed the roster now, I think by waiting for Kawhi's decision as well, it, it allowed us to avoid some pretty bad early early free agency deals that were being signed. So, you know, you look at sort of like, I know Ricky Rubio's a great player, but he signs a $51 million contract. They're the sort of contracts which we really didn't need on our roster at all. We yeah. needed to sign, you know, even though he's injured. If you look at the, the Cousins deal where you've signed him for $3.5 million, if he hadn't been if he hadn't been injured, that would have been a, a perfect yeah. deal for us. You know, replaced him with Howard on... on on silly low money as well, compared to someone like Rubio. So yeah. I think the way we've constructed our business just speaks wonders to obviously Rob Polenka and the way he's done it. And and it, it, in hindsight, it's obviously, it's looking great for us at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's been a really, really solid start to the season after the uh, the opening day loss to, to the Clippers. Um, you've now gone seven on the bounce. Yeah, six, six, yeah, six, yeah. And, six and one. Six, six and oh, one. Sorry, six, six and one. Yeah, six and one. Don't give me even more games, please. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> we don't count that Clippers game here because that was obviously the biggest game ever in, their, <laughs> in franchise history for the Clippers. So that was, they, they had to win that one. We're giving right, up. Yeah. Right, yeah. in our uh, stadium. But, yeah, so, so yeah, been, been a great start. Now, I, I before a ball was even bounced this season, I predicted that the Lakers would finish top of the West. I also said that they would actually go on and win the uh, championship this season. And I also predicted uh, LeBron to be MVP this year. Um, very early, very early days. Um, would you, trying to stay balanced and maybe unbiased if you can, but do you sure. agree with those sort of predictions or are you genuinely saying, I mean, let's, let's say, right, the, the, the Lakers are going to be a contender, they're going to be a challenger. Is it right to say they should win it? And also maybe the MVP um, statuses of, you know, should it be a LeBron or an AD? Or should, you know, what are your thoughts? It should sure. make so, it go elsewhere? Regarding the MVP, it's going, to be, it's going to be difficult because we've got two superstars. Yeah. I, always think, I always think MVP goes to the guy who scored, you know, average 35 and... 10 and 10 or something like that and and ri ridiculously taken over a team. So it's going to be difficult because of the two superstars for us to give an MVP. But mm. flip side of that, with the MVP award always comes a great narrative. 
which is something that, you know, everyone loves an MVP story. Uh, so, Andy Davis, for me, yeah. if he continues like he has in the first, you know, five, five games, say, the last game he wasn't great, but um, surely, surely it's got to be Andy Davis. Yeah, to be fair, they, they both started just incredibly. LeBron, LeBron the other night against the ball was... Mm. Yeah, you just can't believe he's in year 17. It's, just, it's, it's a joke, and it's, it's unbelievable. And then regarding regarding us winning the whole thing, um, take my glasses off for a second, and I, I don't think we'll the, I don't think we'll be the one seed in the West. Okay, but I don't I don't think we're going to get beat in the in the playoffs. In terms of we'll get beat, we'll go we'll go four and zero in a few games in a few series. But I I genuinely. Can't I don't see who beats us. Yeah, no, it's difficult to uh, to look past yourselves at the moment. I know it's a very early sample size, but sure. yeah, you've been um, you've been brutal so far. So uh, if we get if we get Iguodala, it's it's a wrap. Yeah, I can't see. I can't. I just can't. I know I'm biased, but yeah, no, I'd agree. I'd agree. I don't see a team that's structured to beat us man for man and can guard us man for man and. Mm. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wanted Iguodala to go somewhere because I took a punt on him on, in my fantasy team. So uh, <laughs> I, knew, I knew he'd be out for a while and I thought, well, he's not going to be out all season. He'll go somewhere. So that'd be nice if he slips into uh, to LA. Yeah? So that'd be good. Oh, I'll take that, definitely. Hmm. So, um, so moving on to uh, Miami, um, not quite not quite as impressive as your start, but not far behind. A fantastic start to the season, five and two. Um Darren, what's your thoughts on um, the, this new look roster? From last season, well, from the last few seasons, we've had a very mediocre team full of okay players, you know, no star, um, quite slow, quite laborious, always pretty good defensively, but also pretty poor offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of yeah, big contracts that aren't warranted, and we've now had a little bit of a shake-up. Whiteside's gone for, you know, Jay Rich, as much as I liked him, solid mm-hmm. player, he's now gone as part of the trade that brought in our all-star caliber player with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's been, from my point of view, the biggest sort of surprise or the most exciting thing is the emergence of the obvious two rookies that have come in with Tyler Harrow and Kendrick Nunn, especially with Kendrick. I mean, I don't know about you, but it, it sort of just came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. this, this guy, and what, what a, you know, a ride it's been for him so far. What in terms of your thoughts? Do you, do you was you expecting this, or did you think that you know it was going to be an improvement, but maybe hadn't seen this coming? What's your thoughts? I think that the biggest thing, as you said, was was getting Jimmy. I think we we needed someone um, who could score the basketball um, consistently and, and basically lead us offensively. Um, and you know, getting Jimmy Butler at a stage where I think he was searching for or to be that guy. Um, I think it was the, the perfect fit. So as soon as he came into the mix, I was confident then that we could, you know, and, and again, you look at, we say East and West and the West is always strong, but in, in an East where if you can get, you know, a decent enough roster, you can make a little bit of a push. And um, so I was always confident that, yeah, one, get back in the playoff picture, but, you know, why not stop there and, and maybe head for, for mid, you know, four or five seed. Um, pre-season came and then we got as you say a taste of, of Hero and, and none and all of a sudden then it just seemed like things were starting to click 
Um, and I mean, Ash, you know, uh, and I've spoke about, you know, Spo and, you know, what he brings to the table as well and probably gets, you know, uh, overlooked a little bit. But I think the way he's coached this team now and, and the way that we're playing, um, I think defensively, again, we took another step and we, we still look very good defensively, but all of a sudden we can score the ball. So, um, yeah, really, really excited, really excited by it. Yeah, Spo is the... Spo, we were speaking earlier, Spo, for me, is the the second best coach in the league, which gets overlooked, I think, so much with the Miami Heat. I mean, obviously, yeah. you've got Popovich. Popovich is a, is a goat, isn't he? The legend of the, the yeah. top echelon of coaches. But then after that, people people forget what Spo's done and, and actually how good of a coach he is. Yeah, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, he sometimes you get people that don't really get that and you think that, you know, so a lot of people, the argument will always be with Spo is, well, what's he done since uh, without LeBron? Mm. Well, you know, you could say that about any team. You you oh. take any LeBron out of any team or any superstar, Durant out and Curry out and so on, and you're you're going to be left with a difficult job. So, you know, I'm I'm on that same sort of him him sheet. I think that you know, Spo's one of the top uh, coaches in the league, and it, we've always had a pretty good reputation here of getting the best out of the. Um, the so-called, you know, average players. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that's a good shout. I'm glad that somebody else uh, outside of maybe Miami Heat fandom recognises that because he sometimes doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, we've uh, so we've just coming back to Jimmy for a minute. I mean, this was um, this is a guy who has always had a little bit of a, a bad reputation. You know, he's sort of got this rep that you know is is a difficult teammate and he causes trouble. And I think that. You know, since he left the Bulls, he got he got traded to Minnesota. Then he got traded to Philly, and this is the first chance he's had to to pick his own team. And it raised a lot of eyebrows that he chose Miami because you know he was quoted as saying he wants to win now, mm-hmm. and people were saying Miami aren't in a position at the moment to win now. So why why has he gone there? But since he has gone there, I think my personal view is that he's sort of bought into the fact that this is now going to be his team for at yeah. least the next year or so. And whereas he has had this sort of bad rep wherever he's gone, from, it seems like everybody has sort of jumped on the, the, the same bandwagon as him. They, they all sort of have bought into the Jimmy effect. Yeah. And I think that shows both on-court and off-court. And um, you, would you agree with that, Darren? Is that, have, you, have you seen any evidence other than that? Well, yeah, I think, again, when you talk about, you know, the rumours before he came and, you know, people were asking me saying, oh, is he a good fit? And I thought exactly the same. I think, you know, he's an alpha dog. He wants to be, you know, the main man. And like you say, he got to pick and choose where he came this summer. So he was, he was he's shown straight away that he was all in. Um, and I think the best thing really that I've seen is after the Denver game, you know, the other night, you know, his quote was, you know, we don't care who scores the basketball. Now, who would have put that quote with Jimmy Butler, you know, coming into this season or, you know, again, the persona that, you know, people put on him. Um, but he's bought in, he's all in. And, you know, he can see that he's got a young, you know, young roster players now who are looking to him to lead. Uh, and I think he'll thrive. I really do. And, um, you know, already, you know, I see, you know, his assists and just how he's playing. You know, he's trying to get everyone involved. He's trying to, you know, fill them with confidence. We go back to to none you know he's had a couple of you know below par games if you like for for the start he's had but all all that's come out of Jimmy's mouth is that you know we we you know filling him with confidence we want him to keep being aggressive we want him to keep attacking 
Um, so I, I genuinely think he can be, a, you know, the leader um, that we need and, and prove a few people wrong at the same time. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. And, you know, going back to the on-court stuff, I mean, our opening, our opening six, seven games, I think we've had six different top scorers, which sort of, you know, reflects on the point you just made there, that they're not bothered about who scores the basketball. And I think that it almost a little bit, um, you know, detrimental sometimes. I think that sometimes one of my only criticisms has been so far is that we, we're maybe a little bit too eager to, to, to do the next pass. And sometimes some of the guys have got to, you know, actually get the shot away or maybe make the drive to the basket. But, you know, are you when you look at what's happened so far in terms of scoring, and we've had, you know, Kendrick Nunn's obviously had two or three fantastic games. Tyler Harrow's had one or two great games. We've had Winslow, who had the first game, which was brilliant. He's had a couple of injury troubles since then. Uh, Jimmy, who obviously missed the first couple of games, games because the, uh, the to be there for his girlfriend to the birth of his child. But he's come in. He's, I think he's had a top-scoring game. I think we've had Mayers Leonard or Kenny Olynyk. They've also had a top-scoring game. So is, is that suddenly exciting that, you know, from a team that really, apart from D. Wade coming off the bench um, from the last year or two, We've really sort of struggled to have anybody that would even like notch in the higher teams to get to like the early twenties like points per game. And now it seems like we've suddenly got a handful of them. Is that one of the main positives you think that's that's changed from this roster? Yeah, without a doubt. And again, I think in any team you want you know multiple scorers. You don't want to just be reliant on on one or two. And you know the teams that are they're the ones that have got the superstars like your Hardens and your Westbrooks. But um, you know, for us, I think sharing the basketball is the key. Um, and we're doing all this really with what you could probably arguably say is, you know, without one of our best scorers on the roster in, in Dion Waiters. And I mean, that's a yeah. whole other story, what's going on with him. But, um, you know, offensively, his skill set is probably the best we've got. Um, so, yeah, you know, if we can be that team, I mean, I've always been a massive, massive fan of, of the Spurs. And, you know, they're the ones that you look to, to who actually share the ball and, and again, get balanced scoring. Um, but if we can emulate that um, in any sort of way, I think that's where our, su- our success is going to come from this year. Yeah, yeah no, I totally agree. And uh, just while we're quickly touching on waiters, Ash, um, would you take him on the Lakers? <laughs> Are you trying to get rid of him, buddy? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm with Rondo. I'm a bit like you, um, Darren. I, I really like Dion. I, I think he's. He's not going yeah, he, he to fit into your culture at the moment that yeah, you're trying no, to do. Exactly. Exactly. This is the problem at the moment is that he, he's, he's a player that demands the ball. And this is something that has one, been one of the biggest changes is that we, we've got players now that are not willing to do that. They're willing to be the team first. And you don't really get that vibe from Dion. So I can. I just don't see where he fits. As much as I like him, as you've just said, the skill set, I think he's very good. He's a great shooter, but mm. I, I, I just don't see where he gets the minutes at the moment. So, uh, yeah, you never know. He could be a part of a LA Lakers uh, spearhead. Actually, have you seen much um, much from the Heat this year? I know, obviously, your main focus yeah. is on LA, but have you seen much? No, yeah, I mean, before, before the season started, I think I tweeted out and said that for me, the two teams that people weren't talking about and needed to watch this year were the Pelicans, for me, because I've got a soft spot for all them young Lakers, two of obviously oh, played yeah. and the Miami Heat. Miami Heat, they, they just looked, obviously, as you know, in the preseason, they just looked like a team that had cohesion and they looked like they'd been playing together for a lot longer than they had been. Yeah. Uh, Hero, obviously, started the season fantastically well. 
Um, Darren tells me about Hero every single day. Um, <laughs> big fan now, big fan. I think, yeah, oh, yeah. I think Bam as well. Bam yeah. has been unbelievable. I've got Bam in my fantasy team, and he's been one of my top top scorers. So I've been watching him closely. Um, he's again, people are maybe sleeping on him a little bit as a as a big man uh, in the league. But obviously, okay. you start and, and I know I've heard a lot about none. Um, who was obviously a big sleeper and has been obviously. I think the the Warriors waved him last year, didn't they? Yeah, um, he was playing in their G League team. But previous to that, obviously, he was. I think he was the second highest scorer in uh, in college basketball before under Trey Young. So obviously, you know yeah. how to score the ball. It's just putting him in a team that like yours, which is a great fit at the moment, where he can obviously get the ball and, and score it. I just. I just am very cautious with how high certain people are getting <laughs> on on this team at the moment because I wouldn't I wouldn't want it to come to March and you be eighth or ninth in a conference and never going to happen never going to happen just because the Suns are also five and two mm, and yeah. people aren't as high on the Suns so <laughs> I mean I just. Obviously, you you boys are playing really, really good basketball, and it's great to see. And I'm sure there's a lot to a lot to look forward to and a lot of potential. Um, but now that people know that this is how you're going to play and this is how none plays, I'm sure yeah. scouting reports are going to be a lot different, and people are going to be watching you and and respecting you as an offensive unit a lot more. So games yeah. are going to probably get a little more difficult going forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of them things with people like Nunn, especially Kendrick Nunn. Um, he made, you know, this this sort of eye-watering start that he made where he was breaking records. You know, he's the Scott quickest to 100 points uh, for an undrafted player. Mm. Only one point in his first five games um, as the highest rookie ever uh, um, behind Kevin Durant. So it, it, suddenly this, this guy out of nowhere become, you know, this huge like focal point for the team. And then since that's happened, he's had two quiet games. And you, you suddenly have to remember to just keep things in check. And I'm guilty of it as well. You know, you start to feel like, you know, this is great and we've got these two rookies and they're going to elevate us to this new level. Suddenly, two games later, and you're like, OK, he's had a couple of rough games. Um, and you start to think, you know, if he's not going to be scoring, where are the weaknesses? And, you know, a week or so before that, I was saying, you know, this kid's got no weaknesses. So it's very difficult to keep yourself in check when you're doing very well. Yeah. Um, I think having having watched the Lakers be in a very similar position over the years with young players as well who have come into teams and we, no one really knows who they were. I think, like, we were speaking earlier, yeah. I mentioned Kendall, Kendall Marshall, who was a... He, he came into the team from nowhere and he was throwing assists around 10, 12 a game. And then, and then all of a sudden, people go, well, we should probably probably guard this guy and then <laughs> and then he dropped out of the league that's it that's it so it's just a, as you said it's a case of just yeah, being yeah. patient and then seeing how seeing how he adapts to different different sets and different defensive schemes yeah i think yeah. that's where probably you with with none and hero as rookies that's where you need that leadership you know from from a jimmy you know even goran as well you know he's been in the league a while now and had success and um, I think for for both them guys now it's it's about of you know they're rookies and rookies have up and downs you know especially during their their first season 
Um, it's just how now they come through that um, and you hope that, that that is for the better. Um, but yeah, I think leadership, you know, especially from the more veteran players will, will definitely help them too along. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. And it seems like Jimmy's embraced that role as well. You've seen him doing a lot of training and he's really put his arm around Hero especially. And mm-hmm. he's had some great things to say about Kendrick Nunn. So just before we we finish with them two, um, I'll ask you, Darren, who who's got the who's got the highest ceiling out of them two? I know it's very early, but what what would you what would you say? They've both got different sort of players in a way, but if you had to take one, who are you gonna have him going forward? Yeah, Ash is he's smirking here because he knows exactly what I'm going to say. But Hero, you know, I, I just get a feel that this guy, you know, he's a pure shooter. I just think that, you know, the the way he's conducted himself um, and just the shots he's making, you know. And again, Ash is completely right. The scouting reports are going to change on both of them, especially Hero, because, um, you know, he's, he's, he's shooting, you know, technique and, and the way he's knocking down shots. He's just pure. You can see he's a pure shooter. And, um, a good friend of mine um, here who's, you know, follows uh, college basketball, he said to me um, when it was sort of projected in the draft that we would get him, he said he's a, he's a shooter. You know, he's, a, he's, he's probably the best shooter in, in the, the whole group. Um, and yeah, he, he's proving that. So I think his ceiling potentially now is, is high. Uh, you already see him sort of like, you know, they're closing out on him a lot more and he's driving to the basket. And if he can start perfecting that, um, then, you know, he's got another sort of, uh, bow to his arrow so um, yeah I'd be, I'd be interested to find out for both of you guys as well do you think Hero will go on to be a very good role player shooter almost like a Corver or someone like that or do you think he's he's got the potential in the ceiling to go and be the second best player on a team and and go for a championship yeah I, I think that um, you would like to think it's the latter and uh, I think the organisation where there was this sort of like meltdown on draft night because no one had really heard of him. And like a lot of people on, you know, Heat Twitter and so on were sort of, why have we got this guy? And then it only took literally a matter of two summer league games. And suddenly nobody even wanted to trade him when we was talking about potentially getting Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Everyone was saying no. So he, he very quickly became an untouchable Along with, alongside maybe, you know, Bam, for example, that no, there's no trade scenario where we're, we're willing to put him in. And the organisation have said that, that they see potential for Hero to maybe be, to be elevated to somewhere along the lines of like a Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, that, that's what he should be doing. And from everything I hear, read, see about him, he want, he's got the work ethic to, to, to try and get to that. And, I would like to think that if 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 he continues, he's 19 years old. He's played a handful of NBA games, but so as Darren's already said, there, you know, you can you can see that there is, you know, he's lights out. And from what I've seen, I've watched every minute of every game so far, you know, live. And there's a lot more to him as well. You know, he can, he can still, he's athletic, he can bounce, even though he hasn't really got much height. Yeah. Um, it, 100%, he he could be the the second star and. If he's still, if he if he gets there early enough, you know, ne- this time next year or maybe 2021, when we've got some space, you know, Jimmy, two years into his career, we'll have Hero who may producing Bam, who could be the same. Suddenly, we've got a bit of space to add a, a max player, and that's when things could maybe look in real contention for Miami Heat, Miami Heat to start challenging properly. So uh, it's exciting, but that definitely should be his his aim. You know, just to keep playing it day by day year by year and he should be 
you know, looking to become that second star rather than a role player, in my opinion. Yeah, without a doubt. So um, just moving on slightly, in terms of your, um, I, I, you might have heard me if you've listened to my podcast before, before a ball was bounced again this season, I predicted Miami was going to be around the, the sixth or seventh seed. I tried to play it relatively conservative. Last year was a disappointment, you know, 10th place, you yeah. know, it was poor. We don't really want to dwell too much on it. But I had them at sort of still hovering around the 500, maybe two or three wins above that. Um, and then after the quick start, I've got a bit overexcited and I've said that, you know, we should be looking at uh, maybe a third or fourth seed. But I've said that mainly because that's what I hear coming out of the organisation, that they, they are targeting a home court seed, so third or fourth, and that the target should be a 50-win season. Do, do you, and I'll ask you both, but Darren, I'll start with you, do, do you believe that that's realistic? Do you think that's maybe too, a jump too far or do you think that, that could happen? Well, I, I predicted uh, at the start before, you know, we tipped off the season that we'd finished third. And again, you know, Ash looked at me and I had my heat tinted glasses on, obviously. But no, I, I, looked at, I looked at the East. That was more, my, you know, what I was looking at. And, you know, you had the Bucks and you had the Sixers that are, you know, rightly so going to be the ones that you'd see as, you know, the top two or, you know, winning the, the majority of the games. And then after that, you know, I, I put us in the bracket then of, you know, the Raptors, you know, losing Kawhi was massive for them. And, you know, you can still, you know, they are the defending champions. So you have to show them that respect. But are they going to, you know, be the team that they were? No, uh, not in my opinion anyway. Um, and you've got the Celtics as well. And I look at, you know, them two teams compared to us. And, I, you know, I really do think that we've got that, you know, capability of, you know, the three to the fifth seed. Um, but I put us at a third just purely off what I've seen in pre-season. Um, and obviously, you know, my, my heart ruling my head probably a little bit as well. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. No, that's great. No, that's good. There is, it is great, especially this, because there is so much flux now in that. I mean, you know, you look at a team like the Raptors, for example, the defending champions, well, you know, I think they'll be fine and they'll, they'll probably maybe be anywhere between three, four, five. But, you know, yeah. in theory, you can look at many teams like them and you could say anything between sort of third and eighth. There's such a gap. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I don't think that a third seed is is is, unre- is untouchable, is unrealistic. I think that's 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 a good shout. So what about you, Ash? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I had I had you with three as well. Wow. Or before the season started, simply because I'm a big Jimmy Butler fan. And I think. Yeah. He, he was, he, that is the perfect, it's a perfect scenario for him. He's wanted to be, as Dad said, the alpha dog in a team and he's come up against Cat and he's come up against Ben Simmons and he hasn't been, he hasn't liked it. He hasn't, he doesn't know what to do in a situation like that. So he's come to the heat, he's the man and he's going to have an incredible season. Teamed with, teamed with the East, which is, you know, comparing to the West, it's <laughs> in terms of competitiveness, as you rightly said, anywhere from three to nine, it's, <laughs> it's it's possible to it's possible to interchange between them. Yeah, but I just think the Heat of for me are the best of the bunch after the Bucks and the Seventy Sixers. Loving this, loving this uh, Heat, loving this. <laughs> no, that, no, I agree. I agree. As I've just said, I think that it's it's perfectly achievable and it should be the goal that the, the organization are fully right to say you know don't sleep on this thing we, the work ethic is there the coaching the um you know everything that comes out of the organization 
that there's it is the right thing to do. We we shouldn't just be saying, you know, we want an improvement on last year and reach, reaching the playoffs and a first round exit. Well, that's an improvement. We should be targeting you know, that that fifty win scenario. And uh, you know, so far it's been it's been good. It's been a good start to it. So long may that continue. Yeah. So like we, we come on now to the game at the weekend. Um, Heat are out west at the moment. We've just been blown out by Denver, which. You know, my only disappointment with that is that we didn't really compete. You know, we, we shot horrifically, um, and uh, but never never an easy place to go. So you always sort of go with that expectation that you know that's going to be an, an L in the uh, the high altitude of uh, of Denver's mile high basketball. And now we've got um, I won't we won't go into too much detail about tonight's game against the Suns because by the time this episode comes out tomorrow, it would have been done. But very quickly, uh, it's going to be a tight game. Um, tonight against the Suns, what uh, what do you think? Are, are we picking up a, a win there, Darren? Well, yeah. Again, it's hard, really. You think of the back to back, and you, you've got the Suns, and then you've got the Lakers. Um, yeah. It'd be probably um, if you're a betting man, you think, well, tonight is the game that we go and get the W, and and then tomorrow yeah. is, is a free hit, if you like. Um, yeah. So yeah, again, I think it'd be tight. The Suns, obviously, as Ash has already mentioned, that have come out the, the traps flying. Um, I like the narrative that you know Tyler Harrow's come out and said that you know he's, he's modelling himself on Devin Booker. They've got a relationship and out, both out of Kentucky, and um, you know that's going to be quite interesting seeing them go to head to head. But yeah, I think tonight is the game we have to sort of mark as right. This is where we you know we bounce back from the defeat in Denver, um, and then it, like you say, it takes the pressure off going to Staples to, tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I agree because yeah, it's going to be obviously very tough uh, back to back playing Lakers. I mean. I- I'd like to think that we're competitive in that game and we give them a game. And I'm sure we will be. Um, but yeah, you, you would, if you took, the, the, the neutrals here would be looking at a, a Lakers win. Um, do, do you share that view, Ash? Do you think that's going to be a uh, an LA victory or can you see a surprise? I mean, the last five years with the Lakers have told me never to expect to win any, <laughs> any night that we go into. And even against the Bulls the other night, you know, we, we only played for the fourth quarter, really. We were awful for three yeah, quarters. Yeah. Um, so, the fact that you guys are coming off a back-to-back, teamed with the fact that it's at Staples, and I know Frank Vogel would be saying, guys, you need to come out and you need to start finally start a game how you finish a game, would suggest that we'd come out with a W. But, I mean, it's not going to be it's not going to be a blowout. It's not going to be a very an easy game by any means. You no. never, never put a spo team... Never underestimate them. So, I mean, I would suggest that it's going to be a very close game, but I'd probably just edge on the side of obviously the Lakers getting the W. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's it's a shame in a way that it is coming off the uh, the Heat second night of a back to back because if we, if this was a game where both teams have had a couple of nights rest, mm-hmm. you know, this would have been a really fierce and it would have been a, a, a nice benchmark to find out really where these two teams are because mm-hmm. you know we've had. A fantastic win against um, against the Bucks, and obviously a blowout against the Rockets, which again I got a little bit overexcited about, and I've got to try and keep it in check because mm-hmm. I think a lot of teams will do that to the Rockets this season. Um, and then we got a, a heavy defeat to, to Denver, but that can be expected, and anyone can can lose heavily to Denver. So it's a shame that that schedule hasn't been slightly changed because that would have been a real benchmark, and the same could be said really for for LA. After your opening night with uh, the, the defeats Clippers, you've had a, a soft-ish um, schedule. You've had some nice wins against Dallas and um, 
Uh, is it Jazz? You, have you been? Yeah, we've been the Jazz as well, the Spurs yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah, okay. So you've had, you've had, you've come, you've beat what's been put in front of you, and that, that okay. with, but that's that's obviously commendable. So yeah, you've you've done a good job. So in terms of before I come on to the last segment for the podcast, I just want to get your views on what the, your potential one to eights are in each conference because. I'd done this at the beginning of the season and already I've changed my mind just on the very small sample size we've seen. So I'll tell you what, why don't we do, Ash, if you give us a, your, your one to eight in the West and then Darren, you can give us your one to eight in the East. So when you're ready, Ash. Right. Wow, one second. <laughs> Throwing this at you, sorry. This wasn't part of the itinerary that I, uh, I sent to I you. Have, other, but... I, um, I, I did an article actually for NBA UK fans. All right. Which said that which did give more West predictions. Okay, fantastic. I'm looking at just now, and I think I'd probably change a little bit. <laughs> but um, I went, I went the Rockets one seed. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Lakers at two. Nuggets at three. Blazers at four. Clippers at five because Kawhi never plays. No. <laughs> uh, He's got a problem. He's got a big problem with Kawhi still. If you, yeah, if you can't I tell, mean, this is the first time since the, since the signing that I've actually said his name out loud. So. <laughs> Number two. Then, yeah. then I had the I had the Warriors, but I'm not putting them there now. They're awful. No, so I'll put the, the Mavs. I put the Mavs there. The Mavs probably actually would probably be a little bit higher. Um, and then the Spurs, and then I had the Pelicans. Okay. Okay. Yep. So yeah, I was pretty similar to be honest with my predictions. I did have the Warriors quite low. Um, I don't think they're going to obviously, especially now steps out for a while. I don't think they're going to get anywhere near it. So uh, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good shout. I think um, I've, I've underestimated the Mavs a little bit. I think the Mavs Luca is, yeah. is a good offensive team. He's a some player. Um, yeah. So yeah, they might be a little higher and get a, a top four seed, but. I just hope the Pelicans start winning some games. I've got so much invested in them, young. <laughs> I think it will come good. They've got they've got a lot to work out. Obviously, Zion will be back again soon, and I think they'll be challenging for a playoff space in by you know by the end of it. So, um, just, just work. Ingram, Ingram is finally getting the the props that he deserves, and yeah, because he's a he's going to be a, a very good player in this league. I'm sure. Yeah, I think it's it's suiting him now being out of LA. Maybe. Um, yeah, he's he's thriving down there now so it's good for him yep Darren East what are we saying well again like Ash I, I did do a um, an article before, before the season started um, and I went for the Sixers to win the conference or to you know get the top seed I'd probably be a little bit inclined now to maybe swap them with the Bucks who I did have at two um, so I'd probably go with Bucks now at number one Sixers at, at two I'd still keep Huss uh, the Heat at three Um I've got the Raptors at four, Celtics at five. Again, I can't see maybe maybe them two switching, but I'll stick with Raptors at four, Celtics at five. I've got the Nets at six, um, and again, that's purely off Kyrie, you know, exploding, and I've got some you know exceptional young talent on that roster as well. Um, and then I had the Pistons at seven, which I think maybe raised a few eyebrows, but you know, again, with Blake and Drummond and. Yeah, I just yeah. like, you know, the fact that they, you know, can ball. And um, I've, I had them sort of just over the paces in at eight. So, uh, again, maybe I'll switch them two around. Maybe paces at seven and the Pistons at eight. Uh, but that, yeah, that top eight, I think um, I'm pretty confident will, will you know, yeah. be there come the end of April. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I, I'd done, a, a, again, a similar terms. I think the only team I had different is I, I had, uh, I didn't have the Pistons in, I had them at nine and I had Orlando at eight, but they've started, yeah. they've started badly. And uh, I think, um, yeah, you, you might, yeah, say that that's probably one that you would swap. And I also had Heat, as you said, at around six or, yeah, I think I had them in at six and I've been inclined to move them up a couple of spots now. But yeah. we shall see, it's early stage. So, and one final question before we just get on to uh, the last bit. Who's going to have the worst record in the NBA over both over both divisions? The Knicks, definitely the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately for everyone in New York, it's probably going to be the Knicks. Yeah, again, I, I tried to to shine some positivity on the Knicks before the season started. I thought that you know they obviously struck out massively in in free agency, and then I thought they picked up some solid players, but yeah, it just does not look good. I think the whole sort of yeah feel around New York at the moment towards the Knicks is very negative. They've got, they've got RJ Barrett playing like 48 minutes a game. That's so The Knicks fans have got uh, the old, um, you know, let's let's see what next season brings already. <laughs> Bless them. God, it seems like they've said that forever. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think like, I had Memphis last, but I've actually been relatively impressed with them uh, so far this season. So it's very difficult to look past the Knicks at the moment. Lesson. So, uh, right, final, uh, final little segment, guys. Um, I always end with a mailbag, and um, the NBA UK fans um, official site uh, came came back with a question for all three of us. But I'll, I'll ask you both the same question. They asked, um, "You can choose one member of the Heat squad to add to the Lakers, but you've got to swap them with someone of a similar quality from the Lakers squad." So, who are you swapping? So, I'll start with you, Ash. Who are you taking off the Heat team? I'm going to go. And who's coming the, the other way? It's got to be I'm a similar quality. Completely off the cuff with this one. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to take Spo. <laughs> and I'm going to give you hands off Frank Vogel, and uh, you can take Cole Kuzma as well. We need some picks for that as well. Right. I'll give you. I'll give you two second rounders in 2029. Uh, 2029. Well. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know about that. You, you've you've big spell up earlier in this podcast. Let's give you two picks, Kuzma. I, I was I'm surprised you give us Kuzma. I'll be honest with you, that. That was uh, that was surprising. But no, I think for me, it's hard really, and because I, 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 I love our roster, and you look yeah. at the Laker roster, and it's just incredibly difficult then to to sort of pick, and especially if you're going like for like and. Maybe KCP for somebody. Uh, he, yeah, he's desperate to get rid of KCP. But um, again, I don't know. I mean, I, I've always been a big Avery Bradley fan. I've always been, you know, he's and, and Ash knows of, you know, we didn't like a um, a points per game thing last year, and and Avery Bradley was one of my guys in that, and he, he sort of let me down a little bit, but I still Darren, stick with him. Um, Darren loves solid basketball players. <laughs> yeah, like you know George, George Hill and George you know Hill. people people of that ilk, but. So if I was going to go like for like, I'd probably say it'd be an Avery Bradley for maybe a Winslow or oh, something. Okay. You know, I think that's pretty. You know, that's both fair. both very good defensively. I'd say Winslow. You know, offensively maybe maybe a bit similar, but um... Win- Winslow's out tonight with a headache. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen that on fantasy. What's well, I, I I thought that earlier. I said a headache, and then I realised, of course, that he had a massive clash of heads, didn't he, on uh, against oh, Denver okay, right. um, with Millsap. So I'll let him off a little bit, but hopefully we'll see him. It's going to be an interesting year for Winslow, actually, because he's got to um, 
he started off first game brilliantly and he's been a little, he's struggled a little bit since, especially with shooting. Um, I think that it might even be really, I know he's liked in the fan base. So actually I say that he's sort of split in the fan base. Mm. And I think it's quite a big year for him because if he, if he doesn't make this leap this year, especially under the stewardship of, of Jimmy, Mm. Um, he might be might find himself on a trade block, so um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. But um, I like him. I like. What you, you you're a fan of Winslow? Yeah, um, I've always loved. Yeah, loves with Winslow, and again, what he brings to the team, and even this year, I think the stats, you know, defensive efficiency when he's on the on the floor is a lot better. Obviously, Nunn and Hero are still rookies, and uh, again, I looked, you know, their defensive, you know, efficiency isn't great at the minute, but that's probably to be expected. Um, so yeah, he's, he's solid for us, and. Again, it, it would pain me if you know I had to get rid of him. But um, yeah, I look at like for like with the Lakers. It's it's difficult really to see another real you know move that would you know benefit both teams. You're not getting Caruso, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Caruso, yeah, brilliant. Good. So um, finally, last thing, Ash. If it's a Heat v Lakers NBA Finals, Lakers in four. Lakers in four. <laughs> you got it. Let's get it. LeBron's got too much love in his heart for Miami to, to sweep us. He, he'd give us one game at least. No I'd way. Like to fix Lakers <laughs> in four. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, on that note, guys, um, thank you very much for uh, for both joining me. It's, uh, it's been brilliant. Hopefully, maybe late one in the season when we've got a bit more of a, uh, an idea of what's going on, perhaps we might be able to do something for us again on here. But um, really okay. appreciate you giving up your time for it. Um, for both of uh, all the thousands of listeners that we have out there, um, first of all, Ash, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, Hoopdream underscore. Hoopdream underscore, fantastic. And uh, Darren? Mine's uh, at Coach Carts. Oh, Coach Carts. And uh, you're, uh, you're in action this weekend for Solihull? Yes, FA Cup this weekend. So oh. we've got a trip to Oxford City in the first round. So fingers crossed Brilliant. we get ourselves in the hat for, for the draw on yeah. Monday. Yep, good luck. Good luck for that. I saw actually you're doing pretty well in the league as well. Sixth place, I think, and three points off top. Three points off top, yeah. So, yeah, if we can continue how we've been going the last few weeks, hopefully it'll be a positive season. Fantastic. All right. Well, guys, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much for joining me. That is episode six of Heating Up the UK in the books. And we will see you hopefully next week after a a back-to-back win against the Phoenix Suns and the LA Lakers. (laughs) See you soon, guys.